0: Yeah,
1: hello. My name is Oliver. I'm a passionate kickoff two players, and I'm very known and feared for my dangerous crosses and headers. And your modesty. And you're listening to the Scene World Podcast. Welcome to the Scene World Podcast.
2: It's the Scene World Podcast. We're
1: yeah. AJ and York here, as always, mm-hmm. most of the time. Generally. Generally. Well, so, in a minute, um, I will be talking, actually, an update interview about Social Soccer 24 with John Hare, and I interviewed him back in 2016. That's right when um, when he actually first announced it to the public and had a booth at gamescom in the vetri area showing the game actually the beginning of the game and then and then afterwards it became a mobile game first and then um end of the last year He actually um, released Sociable Soccer 24 and all the background and the reasoning behind it and a bit of chat and uh, background talk about the story and how it happened to be will be in this very interview. Mm -hmm. So, yay, nice, yeah, I was one of those people that didn't request a refund for the early access version Uh um, that never released. I waited the um, six years for the game to automatically add to my Steam account. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If there's one thing I learned from crowdfunding campaigns and early early access versions on on Steam, it's like, be patient. Eventually, good things will come to those who wait right yeah. right anyway um some news well we um, actually resumed releasing some videos from gamescom last year and thanks to the to the help from AJ because he took over editing the last parts and um we started with an all english version <coughs> From the David Blattens Gamescom interview. So what I actually did is I did a, a, a live translation at Gamescom in German. So I cut away the German translation and um, and um, the German parts from Nico Barbat, where he told his side of the story, how he, he how he happened to be a supporter for David Blattens book publishing in Germany, that was actually voiced over by the very A.J. Heller. And that was actually achieved thanks to Descript allowing um, transcribing German video audio feeds. And then I took that transcript from Descript and fed it to ShedGPT that gave me a Close to perfect English translation, and and that I gave to A. J. to to speak in, and um, there there you go. Yeah, that's basically what we did. And also released, um, actually yesterday at the time of this recording, is um, an interview with Strictly Limited which is very, very nice because originally we were told they don't do interviews, but Dennis, who also made a contract with them to release his albums with them, with packaging and all that neat stuff for a limited time, convinced them at Gamescom to make an interview with us. So after, after limited run games, now we have an interview released with the German side of republishing re-releasing games for consoles, which is very nice. Not only consoles, limited-run games also did re-release of um, PC games. Actually, in the post is um, Loom. Yeah, yeah. Um, And... um, Julia Minamata, who we interviewed a while ago, she actually suggested to me that I get the uh, Loom release from the Limited Run Games because it also includes the EGA um, release. And it's it's funny because in 2010, when I first time lost my job from the last salary, I bought Loom the CD Talkie, talkie Edition for 50 euros. And I was like. Wow. That's quite expensive. But I knew in 2010. That this game release. Was very rare. Because. They removed some. Of the game. To make space on the CD. For the audio. For the voiceover, You know. For the talking. So people didn't really liked it so much so didn't really sell a lot and nowadays if you have the talk edition on cd which is pretty rare from the 90s you can pay up to 600 euros for this for this very release so was a good investment um 14 14 years ago yeah yeah and um yes um yeah, and and so really looking forward to the limited run games release. Um, yeah, so so now now I got the original. <laughs> yeah. Bless you. So ah, now I got the original, yeah. and and soon the re-release from Limited Run Games. And Ha <laughs> is actually allergic.
2: Yes, I'm Against having,
1: price raises.
2: I'm, right now I'm in it's hitting me hardcore.
1: Yeah. So, you see, yeah. um, so inflating prices for retro collecting can actually harm your health, as oh, we just saw. As we just saw, yeah. Not yeah. only be tough on your wallet and your hopefully deep pockets, yeah. but also yeah. <laughs> causing you to, to sneeze. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah anyway, <laughs> um, that's one thing. Another thing is actually um they they also started shipping Trip World, which was actually released for the Game Boy and Game Boy Color and is one of the most rarest games on the Game Boy. It didn't sell a lot. Oh. And um, it's actually so much so that, that a lot of AliExpress sellers... Made reproductions of the cartridge. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, yeah. Definitely. That's that's coming soon. Yes, and and also we we mentioned uh, Billy Mitchell's uh, witness expert witness, yeah. and there is a video by the YouTuber. Carl Jobst who actually made a video about it called Billy Mitchell's expert witness is terrifying.
2: Yeah.
1: More details about that um, in the video. I rather wouldn't ta- tell about it here because we don't want this this um, video to be, you know,
2: yeah.
1: in, in certain categories. Um yeah. And and the German the German um YouTube gaming channel Game Two together with the German magazine GameStar made actually a documentation and an investigation about what happened and how it happened that the day before was such a horrible release well not really, because the release got pulled and uh, the studio closed down. So it's actually aimed towards international uh, audience. So it's a German video with English subtitles. Ah. Yeah. Yep. 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 And and a Trominal released actually a new Game Boy music. Really, uh, GBMU. So we will link to that as well. Okay, okay. And and we mentioned that before. The new Silent Hill has actually been released. And here's a, here's the interesting thing is that that nobody actually expected. They released it for free for the PlayStation Five. So it's it's an exclusive PlayStation Five title, and it's released for free. Right. Um, so it's a full game free to play, and it's actually um, focusing, I mean, it's a horror game, obviously, but it's okay. actually focusing on the hovers from the gen Z. so it's it's focusing on short message and social media okay. and and when I saw when I saw some comments on YouTube about it, Many people in our age actually wrote as a comment to the YouTube video, like, "Okay, this game is totally not for me. I'm totally not part of this generation anymore. So it's absolutely boring, and I can't re- can't rely to what's happening in the story here." <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, Konami is trying to to well to connect with you to the youth. With that game, I mean, we all know how how exclusive titles for consoles ended. Most of the time, after two or three years at most, there was a a PC release at some point. Right. Yeah. So let's see how Konami is going to be going to be like uh, going to how Konami is going to handle that. Right. Yes, um, yeah, hmm. that's basically the news I've got.
2: Okay, I've got a few. What figure. have you got? Yeah. So uh, one thing is, um, uh, Holly Lowe, who we had way back in 2015 on the podcast, has released her uh, her long-awaited album, "The Physics of Us." That's available on Bandcamp now. Nice. So we'll put a link in the description where you can find that, it's pretty good. It's a lot of, uh, there is some Dave Lowe influence on that, there's a lot of it. Yeah, we
1: should mention that for people who don't remember, Dave Lowe is actually the musician in the in the um, 90s and the 80s that actually did most of the conversion of arcade game music to the home, home computers. Right. So like C64, Amiga, Atari, um um um, um PC engine. Mm-hmm. So um David Lowe is one of those guys he would do the conversions um for for many um classical well many games like um for example, Street Fighter, for example, Hard Driving, yep. um, Starfighter 2 and uh, Formula One Grand Prix, the first release in 93 that actually was on the Amiga and on the PC. Right. And he did music for that as well. Yep. So, And Holly Lowe is actually one of the daughters Yep. From Dave, just to mention that.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's out. Um, there's a an, uh, a new project. Um. Uh, called uh, it's Quick Take for Apple II, which lets an Apple II uh, use the Apple Quick Take camera. Um.
1: Um. Before we continue,
2: yeah. There's
1: a lot of noise in the background. I don't know if it's like. Uh, if it's like How's that now? It's very very disturbing. How's that? No, it's more like a, a, a like an like an um air conditioner, perhaps?
2: No? <laughs> da, da, da. Or
1: laptop or laptop fan? I don't know.
2: Laptops <laughs> all the way over there, still so wearing a mic.
1: But it's it's like <sighs>
2: I got my gain all the way down.
1: I don't know, but just saying, just saying.
2: Yeah. Oh. God. Oh God! Did terrible.
1: did you get a cold or something? Or what's no, happening? No, it's,
2: it's just allergies. It happens every so often.
1: Oh, it's not even summer yet. What's happening with you? No, it
2: doesn't. It does not to be summer. It has to be like a clear day. Ooh. Um. Okay.
1: Anyway, anyway what what yeah. else?
2: So, um, QuickTake for Apple II has been released. It's a it's software that lets you use an old Apple QuickTake camera, like QuickTake 100, which was released in '94, but lets you use it on the Apple II. So, so that's available. You got to make a cable for it, I think, but it's doable. And finally, uh, Pro Division has released Yeti Mountain. Hmm. It looks like the first game they're releasing this year, and it's a three-part game. It's got three episodes, um, and it's, I guess, part arcade and part exploration and part platform. And, like, each episode is a little bit different. And there's a lot of puzzle solving and figuring out, like, exactly, I guess, what the Yeti is or something. I don't know. It looks good. The graphics are good. It looks uh, looks well-made, so that's available.
1: There's one news we, we we spoke about in private, but we didn't mention it the last time. Yeah. 8-Bit Guy actually made a video recently that he's winding down his activity. Perhaps yeah. you could shed some light into it because you are much more knowledgeable
2: about what happened um, to you. Essentially, he's just... Um, he'll continue doing videos, but he's going to... he's he's, ro- uh, he's stopping the production of things. So, like like he won't be selling products um, like he currently is. He'll be rolling that back and I believe he said he's rolling back the um, he's going to stop doing the a lot of the um, the, like the retro writing videos that he does the restoration videos because you know there's only so many ways you can do that. Um, But from what I gathered like if 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 the product was made by somebody else through him like it was a t-shirt that he didn't make it was made through you know a, a third party that would continue to exist, but he himself is not going to be mailing out things anymore. He's not going to be doing any of that mm. because YouTube is not a viable way to make a living anymore, which is true. Um, so he's you know had to I guess go. is it real-
1: so? I see a lot of striving YouTubers and a lot I mean, of a lot of people like. Modern Vintage Gamer which we had two times in the podcast he's doing better than ever.
2: I mean, I think it depends really on on what you do, you know. And, and I think a lot of his stuff because he's, he does a lot of reviews and whatnot. Maybe he can't monetize that. I don't know. I'm not sure how that works. But um but yeah, he's he he's been saying that he's not it's not able he's not able to support himself himself with that anymore and i mean you know the guy's married he's got a house and whatnot and there's a lot of stuff probably that it's you know it's probably not a cheap existence so you know i don't know i don't know what you can make doing just youtube i don't know what that kind of income looks like
1: a lot of youtubers actually are making twitch as well
2: okay yeah right so yeah so that's about all with that he's just he's just you know Dylan back is is uh, mailing out his his actual selling of things and mailing them out and and some of the videos he's doing.
1: Mm. And also uh, Spotify is looking for podcasters.
2: Oh.
1: As a paid. Okay. Um, as a paid opportunity, so okay. I don't on. I don't I don't see why why he doesn't you know broaden his activity. It doesn't have to be. Uh, only YouTube you can I mean a lot of people actually actually are using Spotify or podcasts and Twitch to have more content for a second or third YouTube channel
2: right
1: yeah so yeah you can actually preserve the uh, the live stream
2: yeah
1: and actually well basically cash twice on it yeah yeah um yeah, but, but I think I think we mentioned I mentioned it previously. I feel like he is not very flexible in in a way of you know trying out new things, new mm-hmm. opportunities. But I know a lot of creators that are not only doing YouTube but as I said also doing podcasting right. and <laughs> online streaming and later on using that as as a way of creating more content to youtube channels which actually good because the content is already there you don't have to produce it again just to upload something on youtube right yeah so perhaps that is also way also i didn't see him a lot on other media like other podcasts as a guest or something Right. He 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 mainly either kept to himself or he was on a panel in a convention.
2: Right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't but it's know not like
1: and it's not like I ran into a retro podcast like, hey the eight bit guy is a guest today.
2: Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like I said I don't I don't know the guy, so I don't know I don't know exactly how how it works, but
1: if you want to talk about it, yeah. sh- join us as a guest.
2: There
1: you go. I <laughs> oh, see. Yeah. Anyway, that's just my opinion. I totally yeah. could be wrong. I mean, we are doing this thing here not for a living, but um, just thought um, there's more possibilities. Not. It's always a bad idea to only rely with your income stream on one platform. I mean, YouTube could die tomorrow. Yeah. I mean the videos would still be there because as we know from our interviews the Wayback machine is secretly yeah, or yeah. not so or not so secretly more openly um running a backup server in case YouTube dies yeah. at some some day in the future right. you know so yeah anyway and anything else or was that that's all was I that is oh, okay, nice. well so Let's <laughs> let's jump yes. to Harry interview yes, with indeed. John, <laughs> right? And talk about arcade soccer games.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. So today we have another guest, actually a returning guest, and uh, this time it's John Hare. Hello, John. Hello. So a uh, soccer game, football game pioneer. Coder, artist, and we um, had you. Not coder, designer. Oh, and
0: artist.
1: Designer, okay, An
0: musician, okay. But no, not coding.
1: Okay, okay, Most designer then. Percent. Okay, <laughs> okay. Credit where's credit due. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, back then, you have already been a guest in the podcast in 2016, uh-huh. but that was at Gamescom. I interviewed you in person.
2: Long time was-
0: ago
1: when it yeah. was very windy <laughs> outside yeah, and, uh, and I remember you were uh, showcasing your latest game that was about to be released back then at originally, um, uh-huh. Sociable Soccer.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And why I invited you today is um, at the end of last year, I suddenly found the new Sociable Soccer in my Steam uh-huh. account. Cool. So perhaps let's talk about that. Um, I have to admit I also saw of course that some of your early customers from 2017 from the early access of the Steam release were pretty rough on you. Like a hey, wrapper where it will never release, and so on.
0: Personally, yeah. I
1: never asked for a refund because I trusted you. You said it would come, and it actually came. And it
0: did come, yeah, exactly. So
1: perhaps it's let's great. continue. What happened after 2016?
0: Well, okay. Like. So, so um, when we spoke in 2016 in Gamescom, we'd probably been working on the game about nine months at this point. So it's very early stages on the PC and console, and uh, we hadn't. Although we planned to do mobile from the start, at this point we never even touch mobile. And then we can go forward from when we spoke to you one year afterwards, uh, in the November of 2017, so a little bit after that, we launched the early access version on Steam. And again at that point we'd only ever really worked properly on the PC because Although well, the Kickstarter was for PC and console, we didn't sign to that, so we could do what we liked, so we stayed on the PC, because it's easier to do all the features on one machine and then to, to move it. But we were always bearing in mind that it had to go to mobile, so it means you develop in a certain way so there's more mobile compatible on the way forward. Anyway, so then I've got to say, by the time that the Steam Early Access version came out, uh, um. And it, it did okay, but it didn't sell like loads and loads of copies. All the all the all the fans who were really keen bought it, but we didn't get a big big swell of numbers. Uh, and we needed money. I mean, we didn't have much money. We'd been working on the game by this stage for two years with the full team, so you can imagine that we everyone needs paying and they need to live, right? So, um, so we were scratching our heads what to do, and it was difficult. And then we got a we met this um, Chinese mobile company in, in London and they said we're looking for football games and we showed them our game and they said oh that's really cool we'd like to get it on mobile and um we said great we've always planned to put it on mobile and they offered us a contract so we worked for that for about a year because we needed the money basically and um and actually the game has never come out in china on mobile it's like stopped and started lots of times it never happened But these are nice guys to work with us. It was fun. And we started to build in some of the mechanics you get in Chinese mobile games. So like very aggressive car packs. You always need two currencies because it's the law there. There's various things. There's certain ways they have of playing which are a little bit different from the rest of the world a little bit. Um, But it was very very educating for me in terms of how Chinese market works. And uh, we worked with a designer there. He was a Chinese guy, but extremely knowledgeable in football. He was a Sampdoria fan, believe it or not, the Chinese guys. And uh, although our, our communication in language wasn't great, our communication with football was like supremely good. So that was quite fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, um, and then, about a year after that. Um, so this is 2019. So the game started in October 2015. So. We're now like three and a half years into the development so i've been part of my job is to design the game and manage the team in terms of of that and manage all the contracts within the team make sure we're happy another part of my job is to go and um uh, go out and look for deals for the game publishing deals so we can sell the game and this kind of stuff anyway so this this american company got in touch that we would seen about two years beforehand and said have you still got that football game um uh and uh is it working on uh like Apple devices? And I'm saying, he said yes. And he said, Is it is it the cross play, the multiplayer working? And I said, Yeah. And he said, Okay, we've got an idea for this. And um I met him at uh, in San Francisco at G D C. Like we go there every year. It's one of them like I go to Gamescom, I met you there, I go to G D C and I go to a couple of events in London and that's about my business calendar normally in general, depending on the year occasionally other ones. So hope, um,
1: hope I see you again this year, perhaps, at Games
0: I'll, I'm there every year. I'm there every year. I'm a fixture now. So um, so um, where was I with this story? Yeah, so anyway, the guy contacted us, and um, he said, well, look, we checked the game out. We, we sat in a hotel with him and, like, three other guys he worked with in San Francisco, and he said, yeah, this is cool. Um, and they knew that they had the inside track that Apple Arcade was coming. And they also, the inside mm. track, they needed sports games that were multiplayer on iOS. Mm. And as luck would have it, we hadn't signed it away anywhere much because we only worked with the Chinese company. So we were able to, like, um, do a deal with them. And it was actually, it turned out to be a very lucrative deal for us, like a, from Apple Arcade. And uh, we needed it because we were three and a half years into development. We'd not really much money. We had a bit of money from the Chinese. The Chinese deal kind of got us through a year, basically. Um, but we needed that And, and we got money that made up for the time we'd put in and gave us a little bit more but of course now our focus for a while had to be on apple arcade and what apple needed you know now effectively we're working via an american company with apple so that means we support ios mac and apple tv which must sell about six copies but you still got to do it as part of the deal um so that kind of meant that because you're designing for the mac effectively a lot of mac is pc really there's not a lot of difference in terms of the way you're doing controls and stuff like that. It's very similar. Um, so we were always designing it for that. And because it's Apple Arcade, it's a very different economy to the Chinese mobile. So whereas the Chinese mobile is all about vicious free-to-play and loads of card packs and open 10 cards and throw them in the bin or whatever. Um, Apple Arcade has got no in-app purchases at all, no advertising at all. Totally the opposite to free-to-play mobile. Um, so during the Apple Arcade process, we cleaned all that. Chinese stuff out of the game uh, to give because um, it's a su- subscription service, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a subtle difference. So, so basically, when we went through the way we were driving the Apple Arcade version was that um, you got a certain amount number of matches per day, and it was fixed. And if you wanted to play more, you had to come back the next day. So it was like trying to drive people to come back because you get paid on a session basis from Apple Arcade. So, um, basically, Apple, a lot of huge pot of money and say, right, we're going to share this out with all the developers, and then this week we're going to see which developers have got the most traction on their games, and then we'll give them their percentage of the money. That's kind of how Apple works, right? Uh, Which is fair enough. It's a reasonable model. Um, But, of course, with the premium game, like when we're selling for PC and console now, it's very different. So, someone pays a, a bunch of money up front, in our game, there's there's no in-app purchase, there's no loot boxes. So even though we've got now, and now, you know, when we when we, what's different from the Apple Arcade version that's been out since 2019 to well to now, it's still out now. I mean, it's towards the end of its cycle, but it's still out. In 2020, Pocket Gamer called it the premier arcade football game on mobile. So it's a good game for mobile then. And um, congratulations, yeah. Yeah, that's quite quite nice. Yeah, we done we done quite well <laughs> out of this.
1: But, I mean, you know, I mean you are a pioneer. I mean you made you made Sen- sensible soccer, microplus
0: soccer. Mm-hmm. One wouldn't expect less from you, right? Well, I mean, the game, you know, the game hasn't been perfect. It's been all right. And and then we and then we um and then we got we, we started talking to Fif Pro for a protracted period of time. I'm going to say for a long 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 time. And um we were working on the PC and console versions. And um, uh, there's various changes we had to make. So, obviously, the graphics need upgrading. We've got these new player models in there. Now, that's an obvious one, uh, obvious thing to start with. We also needed to decouple the game cycle from being so many matches per day. Because if you play premium, you don't want to be stopped because it's the end of the day. So, we right. had to put that to, a, like, seasons that were not tied to the day uh, to enable, enable everyone to play at their own pace. Although, some of the competitions do go by the day because of the way... They work, but you've got no restriction on on matches. So then, um, and, then and then we um, we eventually got the FIFA license. Actually, very very late, we got the FIFA license signed in September last year. That's how late we got it signed. So we've been preparing for it by um, allowing to put player photos on the on the player cards and working with a company uh, actually in Berlin, a company in Berlin to, to supply all these. Um, Photos to us, um, which they had been doing, and uh, we managed to get that in for the launch, which was great. So you've got the proper player names and all the photos, and you know, obviously, the, the scale of the game is big. It's like it's like SWOS in terms of size. So you've got like uh, about one about one thousand three hundred teams. There's over a thousand clubs, and there's all the countries wow. in the world. You've got twenty five thousand players, of which half, just over half, are licensed. So I mean, as you probably know, the German League doesn't come under the FIFA Pro license. so when you get the FIFA Pro license, you get all these leagues like England and Italy and Spain and France and, but you don't get Germany. So our German right. players still remain unlicensed. In fact, our German, we can't even use the city names in Germany. So we decided to name all the German clubs um, based on the nicknames that their their enemy teams give them. So, I saw that. Yeah, quite Yeah, because we needed something that people would could kind of tag on that wasn't going to be a problem with legal rights, and it was there's maybe a bit fun, a bit of fun for the German uh, football uh, <laughs> players and the football fans, so they'd understand that there's the nasty names that the other teams call them or whatever. But that's what we did. Yeah, when, when they had one. So I mean, I mean, your
1: your positive your positive side effect in the market is actually you probably you probably saw it that. Um, mm-hmm. Both your comp- big competition soccer games totally went downhill in the last couple of years. I mean, Pro, of L- Pro Evolution Soccer is now eFootball, and the uh, the, the release was horrendous. And then was, FIFA
0: was, Soccer. Yeah, and then FIFA's now changed to eSports, right? eSports FC. Um, I mean, I think that I think that EA has. I understand why they made the change. I don't know if you've heard the rumours of the amount of money FIFA wanted for their license, but I heard, yeah. it was really, really, really big. And I think EA were correct to say, you know what? You know, from my opinion, I didn't think about FIFA that much until EA launched the game called FIFA, and EA have, EA have made FIFA's name as an organisation genuinely. They have. Right. right. So FIFA turn around and go, now we want even more money. I think EA EA are right to say, you know what? Keep it. We we'll do our own thing, you know, because they've they've always been pushing EA Sports anyway with Madden and NBA and all the other stuff in the background. So I think they made the right call. Yeah. Um, and although the game, I mean, I'm not a big lover of the FIFA games, but I've seen people respond to it and. You know, it's a, it's a feature. Yeah, but but actually, I was not talking
1: about the license of either either competition. I was actually that the press and the general re- reception of the latest incarnation of both games ah. were not very positive. So
0: but that's great. Of course, I love that. Absolutely. I mean, Konami seems to have just jumped off a cliff. I actually don't understand what they've done. You know, Pro Evolution Soccer was a great game for quite a number of years. And um, I think they kind of made a mistake of trying to beat EA at their own game, which is extremely hard to do because, you know, we've deliberately gone for an arcade experience. We're not even trying to be a simulation because A, that's not the kind of football game I like, but B, if you want a simulation, you generally buy FIFA and now you're gonna buy EA Sports FC, and it, someone's gonna have very, very deep pockets to, to compete with EA. They're extremely good at what they do, right? so. Our vision is that what we're presenting is an alternative. Uh, People might see it as a retro thing because a lot of the retro games would have played it. But actually, what you've got to remember is for younger people, this is a new way of playing a football game. It's not complex moves with lots of buttons. We've added these Fortnite-style characters deliberately to appeal to a slightly younger audience. When you see how we've, we've got some new little videos and commercials, that we're lining up at the moment because uh, we're launching the console you know, like in the in the first quarter of this year. So I'm not going to wow. give the exact away. I'm not going to give the exact day away yet because <laughs> if I say the date, we're bound not to hit it because that's happened like for so many years, right? But the plan is that the 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 the, um, the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and Nintendo Switch versions will all come out this quarter, which means by the end of March. So that's wow. our our current plan, and then on top of that, we're continuously updating the PC version. So actually, what happened was, as you said, you got your copy; it was just there in your on your Steam account, right? So we we wanted to give the Steam version to um, all of the people who bought the early access for free, but before the main launch, and we actually asked Steam, "Can we please do this?" And there was a technical reason why we couldn't do it, which has actually been a bit, well, it's just added the fact that we kind of soft launched the game when it was launched, because we needed that feedback from all the players. We needed that ability to tune everything, to put the game out there on the the servers and see how that was working and, you know, to get to get the feedback, because although the game has been a long time in an Apple Arcade audience, you know, the gameplay, the way you play it on a on a stick, I mean, you can play it on a stick on the Apple Arcade, but it's not the same. But um, th- that that feedback, um, we didn't have en masse. So when th- the game first came out, we spent the first week or two fixing all the stuff that we could have done in secret had Apple allowed us to, sorry, had Steam allowed us to launch the game two weeks earlier before release, which we wanted to do with guys like you, so we'd get your feedback. So... So we kind of we're, were basically doing it in public, which wasn't great, but but actually we managed the process quite well. And I, I think that we've really done a pretty good job of working with our Discord community since we've launched the game. So I don't know if you've been on there, but like it's a relatively active Discord community. We are listening to the feedback of, of, the, of, of everyone out there. Um, there's a lot of things to do on the game. I mean, there's, there's so many ways you can improve it. And we're always a step ahead. So, like, we've been improving stuff with the goalkeepers and stuff with slide tackling. Like, last week, I was with our development team. We were doing that. So I can play it on my machine today. I was playing it on my machine. I think it's pretty good. But, of course, there's always a chance. There's some bugs in it, some side things you didn't know. But everyone else will get that relatively soon. But we're going through, like, a phase of delivering kind of, like, the rhythm's been around a patch a month recently. Um I think we get another one in the next few weeks and then uh, and then we're kind of like obviously prepping for our console launch. So there'll be some, you know, like we in order to get it, you know, you're, you're submitting to like Nintendo and Sony like now, like we've already been in the Nintendo submission process for a while. We're submitting to Sony now. So people understand this. It's really where we are. Literally this this week, we submitted a another version to Nintendo Today, for example. So you can't always um, give a date because it's not in our control. I mean, if Nintendo say, no, we're rejecting it because of blah, then we have to go and fix it. And then we come back and then we... Right. And it's kind of frustrating because you're trying to line up a PR and marketing campaign around a fixed date that you've got all these different platform holders and any of them could, like, respond in any way. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we, we're really, really close now. So,
1: yeah, I, I, I remember I, I had a similar conversation with Ron Gilbert and uh, David Fox once about the NES release of Maniac Mansion, and they told me how mm. horrendous it was because of all those little things Nintendo wanted to have changed. But as a, re- a revanche, um, they didn't they didn't catch the hamster in the microwave thing (laughs) so yeah so it seems so it seems nintendo didn't really change a lot when it comes to to that
0: i've always been quite picky but i've got to say i mean the hardest one was apple arcade because we launched the apple arcade version you know we originally we intended to launch it kind of on the launch of apple arcade itself um but apple 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 had decided they wanted about 150 games so you've got 100 uh, more than 100 developers have made these games right and apple had never worked with software makers like us before and suddenly they got all these titles queued up to qa and then they had like 150 titles and a few weeks to check them and and that the feedback loop was so slow, like they were learning, and Apple were learning how to do the process. So they'd check the game, they'd find a bug, they'd go, there's a bug, and then send it back. Then you fix the bug. And then two weeks later, they'd go, we found another bug, and then send it back. And like, they kept on doing that, and we were losing like weeks and weeks and months. To because
1: obviously slow, uh, it was so slow. Uh. Because
0: the process, they hadn't optimized their process for reviewing games. It should be review them, find a bunch of bugs, like as many as you can, then tell the developer, and then they can fix all of them together, then they can come back, and that way the process is a lot faster. So um, yeah, that was that was quite interesting to be in Apple's teething, like in, in the teething zone for Apple. And uh there's still there's still some weird things. I mean, like when you if you want to update the game, because you're supporting so many languages and there's so many aspect ratios, like for one every one game you need to submit over a thousand screenshots wow and, and it's that things like that the development team get resistant about it's like <laughs> they, they lose heart it's like so boring and like so 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 long to do the process you know but i mean it, it's one of those things i've got to say in general actually they've been very good to work with apple it's been been really nice it's been a really good process for us so um yeah it's been a now we're now we're on now we've backed Almost like back to home ground with with, with Steam and, and with, the, with the consoles so um, it's gonna be interesting for us with Soccer because this is a long-term project like I've already been eight years on this thing awesome and, oh, wow okay we've only just launched the Steam version you know so yeah. for me this turned into a little bit like the longest project I've ever worked on actually it is right. now really and so um, now it's about working with the partners we've got and building on what we've got and, you know, um, establishing a different way to present football games, you know, to, to, to bring arcade gameplay back. Um, it's working well online. Um, of course, we can always optimise the way everything works. But, you know, the, the the initial indication are there's some really good things about the game. It's fun to play. People like it. It's got quite an addictive kind of loop when you play it. It's not the same as FIFA. It's not the same as sensible soccer.
1: It's which is guess, perhaps a good yeah. thing, as you said. P, um, the new generation is learning a new way of playing uh, football games. So hey,
0: you know. In in all, in all reality, I mean, I, it makes me laugh really. Like every we've got a whole generation of people thinking the game's for them because they remember sensible soccer. But actually, when they first played sensible soccer, they were like young kids themselves, and we've made the game for young kids. You know because we know, you know, effectively we've got two audiences. We've got the older audience, and then we got the younger. It's almost like a father and his son, you know? Yeah, and, right. and also, what is that kind of like right. generation thing yeah. people play it, that and actually, if you look at the way we're marketing, it, we're kind of, we're pushing it down the angle. It's <laughs> like, introduce your kids to yeah. more fun, from- used to play games and playing FIFA and waiting for 20 minutes for the game to boot. And then you watch Ronaldo doing this with his hair for like about five minutes. And then, you know, and then you you run around in treacle and then you, you know, press about eight buttons to cross the ball. And that's my view.
1: What you don't know, 2016, I was actually part of the press conference event in the business area of Konami where the new pro evolution soccer for that year was released and i asked the brand manager adam betty what he thinks about your sociable soccer that you were presenting at the vetro area Mm -hmm. and he was like yeah it's nice it's great but you know underlining he was like it's not really competition for us that we would take serious who would have thought that e-football would turn out such a disaster um eight years later you know it's it's kind of it's strange in hindsight how things can go sour you know i I think
0: what happened was yeah yeah it's funny i I think what happened was as i said before i think konami tried to take ea on too directly with simulations which is very hard when when ea a big machine right when they decide they want to take a space they're going to take that space you know um but then i think they need you too much the other way like okay then we're gonna go free to play we're gonna do it this way and then you've got the whole free to play thing you know like for us this is a consideration because when we when our apple arcade deal times out which happens the end of this year mm-hmm. we've got a decision to make okay what do we do with mobile going forward because uh um, you can't do android stuff if you're signed with Apple Arcade, you're banned. Like it's, it's not possible. And right. Right. Make so, sure. so, um, so when we get to like the end of this year, we and we want the game to be on mobile in some form or other. We've got to make a decision. Like, do we go free to play, which most people are doing, um, or do we, uh, stay on a, some kind of subscription service or make it premium? Premium's not. Is possible on mobile and does work for some titles. Uh, But a lot of people have gravitated towards um, subscription where they can or some kind of free-to-play. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, mean, the problem
1: with me on the iPhone was when, when I got my first iPhone 3 in 2008, I paid, you know, 3 euros, 5 euros, 10 euros for some games. But when Apple stopped supporting 32 bits, such games were never updated any longer. So I no longer could play double track and pole position, and all that. And it's, it's, it's kind of wasted money, and that's my issue, from, actually.
0: From a developer perspective, it's a nightmare. I mean, before social Soccer, I made a, a word game called Word Explorer. It took about three or four years to make. And um, it was on iOS. And Apple decided they were going to change their operating system, and my game didn't work anymore. And the development team I made it with, I didn't have a contract with anymore. They are in Poland, you know. And so the game just like stopped. And and this is actually platform holders. They should, in my opinion, like retro, make sure that whatever the new operating system is, it can accommodate the old stuff. So they're not relying on the developers to, you know, the developers don't endlessly exist to service their new uh. updates, whatever they've done. You know, it's, it's not economically viable to do that. So right. unfortunately, the developers suffer and the, and, and the gamers suffer because their game no longer works. And we're like, well, we don't really want to employ people to do it again. We've already done it once. It's like asking a book writer to go back and rewrite stuff because, I don't know, the ink went all blurry and you got to write it again. It's like, come on, you know. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're, we're umming and ahhing about that at the moment, like how to approach mobile. Obviously, the PC and console is quite straightforward. Um there's a big route. There's a big roadmap for us of features we're going to be adding because we'll be doing an annual title each year. So we've already done this year. We're already working now on what's next year and then the year after. Um, but the question is with the, the mobiles. The question the PC console is relatively straightforward. We know what we're doing. Mm. Um, we're moving towards adding more and more and more features. Um, and people have to remember like sometimes people go, oh, the career mode's not the same as SWOS. Well, Swa a a. SWAS took two years to develop from Sensible Soccer coming out. Two full years. You know, right now we're like two months after the first launch of Sensible Soccer in the timeline of Sociable Soccer. You know, we just launched it in middle of November. Not even two months ago yet it was launched. So it was two years later that SWOS came out after the initial Sociable Soccer. Uh, and the second thing is we only got the FIFA Pro license signed three months ago now you can't make a game about a player market where you buy and sell players without having real players you don't want to buy and sell loads of fake players so we simply didn't design it around that kind of market because we didn't have the license for it now we've got the license but now we've not done that work uh so it's going to take quite a while to get if we choose to go in that direction to get a kind of Player market. I mean, it would be nice. Have you played much of social soccer now? I played a bit,
1: yes, but not really a lot. Um, yeah. But I played. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, so basically, the, I mean, the, 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 the experience of developing your squad is a little bit more like an ultimate team. So you're getting players in, and then you're as you, as you, as you play the game, you're getting more players in. But the players are kind of chosen if you. Of the system a little bit more we've not got no card backs packs there's no loot boxes there's no in-app purchases yeah, which
1: actually packs. is good i i saw that yeah. it's actually good because yeah. you wouldn't want that you know you don't you don't need um you don't need that such things in 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 some countries i read it's even illegal like in belgium and stuff
0: yeah there's there's different ways about whether they consider that to be some kind of gambling or not Um, I mean from my perspective it's just a game reward and game rewards are game rewards Uh, but um we've chosen not to put any in-app purchase any loot boxes at all you pay your cover price I mean it costs I think it's uh 29.99 euros if I'm correct um I mean, I didn't
1: check it because I didn't have to buy it. I I never asked for a refund, so I automatically got it. Yeah, good man, good man.
0: You got it for for Uh, free.
1: That's actually what I wanted to talk to you about, because I figured there are two communities that are really hard to deal with as a designer or developer Mm -hmm. or whatever, um, and that is the retro community and the Kickstarter community. Both are very quick in in calling games Wapperwehr and he ran away with the money and so on. It must have been so exhausting for you to read all those people um, being angry on you and mad and not having patience for the game to be out.
0: I think I think the thing which is the most frustrating is people forgetting that this is our jobs. Like all of us working on the game is our job. And they're, they're worried because they spent 15, 20 euros or whatever. And we're like, well, you know, we've got everyone's wage in our team riding on this. And if you think the early access version um, paid for three years of development for the entire team, you you're so far off. Like the, 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 right. the obviously we don't right. release all these numbers, but the, the the estimation is just so far off, like that if they, they saw the numbers they'd they'd understand that they're not really thinking, you know, like you can't I think that I think the people's valuation of stuff is really weird. Like when we sold sensible soccer, I think that was about twenty pounds. Back in nineteen ninety two. You know, so when you're sending a game for 25 pounds, like 30 years later, I, don't, from my perspective, it's like, and it's got a FIFA Pro license attached. You know, that it's must like, have cost on. millions in the end. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it, people have to understand that this stuff isn't free. You know, you know, we, uh, and I think that the, I think the the issue is there's so compared to the old days when I started making games. There's so many people making games when it's not really their profession. And the reason that's an issue is because they don't understand how to price their work. They they devalue the... You know, whoever invented free games is the person I want to put in the firing line, you know? Because (laughs) they took my work and said it was worth nothing, you know? Right. This should never have happened. This is this was the start of everything going wrong you know so now you've got once that price benchmark is set everyone's going oh it cost like seven euros that's a bit expensive you know you buy a cup of coffee and a and a like a couple of biscuits for seven euros and not think twice but because someone invented zero price point for for our work people kind of think it's uh, okay to use that as a base you know and actually um it's it's really weird how people, that since we got digital, people have valued it less and less and less and less. But from That's our true. perspective, the work is the same. We've still done the same amount of work. And in fact, more, because it's going to work on servers now. And there's this endless server and data management and stuff. But, so the, the but there are some
1: exceptions. Up. There are some exceptions. For example, Flight Simulator 2020 released on physical disk. <laughs> And also the upcoming Tempest Rising game, which is uh, you know um, spiritual successor to Command and Conquer, is also going on
0: physical. Well, we'll we will physical disc. We will also be on physical disc um, by the end of this quarter. So you'll be able to get the game on PC or on uh, Switch or on PlayStation physical disc. We won't be doing Xbox physical disc, Um. but we'll be doing the other platforms. And all the platforms digitally will also be available so there's a lot of platforms that this game about to come out that's that's, that's nice
1: to hear that even on the pc you get physical because in the last years you know physical looked like code in a box <laughs> you know and I'm like
0: that's not physical that's just a box and well, a code, well, you know? to be honest to be honest i don't know if it's code in the box or a disc i can't remember which way we're going to go so ah leave it up to them it might be a disc. I guess they'll announce mm-hmm. it. I can't remember. Honestly, I can't remember. And it might be different for each platform. Obviously, with a, with a Switch, it's going to be, it's gonna be a physical thing. Yeah. And, so, I mean, all of the platforms are different. As a game designer, which is my job, um, I'm not so interested in the different ports and how they do stuff. As long as they play well and the controls are done well, right. that's really the area I don't focus on. I'm focusing more on... The features for the the next thing we're doing i'm always looking ahead like what's the next thing so and it's nice at the moment that we can we can we can add like we can do these patches and we can start we can add bits to the game as we're going of course we're holding some big features back to bring out next year but in general to improve everything we've got we can now continuously be doing that in the background so that's that's it's really fun it's really it's really fun to be getting this whole ball rolling and improving the game each time and listening to the feedback of the community and you know we had a we had our first world champion uh, uh, around christmas we had a, a guy called Carol's garden from, from 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 greece and he won our first ever tournament I've got, in fact i've got to, i've got to do his trophy i've not ordered it yet sorry awesome, i've got to order awesome. the trophy post and send it off so yeah it's fun
1: i think i saw it on x where you announced it right
0: if I'm not mistaken yeah 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 we announced We know I mean there's so many social media channels now it's quite bewildering in fact I've been quite busy and I've got I'm I'm seeing my accountant tomorrow so I've got all the accounts right and I just had a look at my email I've got like 450 emails have appeared in my inbox now I'm religiously getting that thing down to zero but it just they just appear where do they come right. from? These messages. Like, I mean, I mean that is
1: that is the thing of being a pioneer in the video game industry. You know, you you get a lot of emails, a lot of requests. So that's why I'm very happy that you took the time now to talk to me and give us an update
0: on the situation. You know. Well, I'm, I'm glad. I'm very happy to speak to you. I, I'm gonna have to sign off soon because I've actually got to go and play. I play five-a-side football with the local team. And I'm right. due to play in 20 minutes, so we're going to go right. and get changed. Right. So uh, we'll talk to you soon then. Up, right. Check, yeah. And good huh?
1: luck with your console releases and
0: the updates. Thank you. And for anyone, you know, for anyone who wants to get the game, it's there on Steam. Social Soccer 24. It's been there for a the couple of months. Um, and like I say, all the console versions will be out before you know it. I'm awesome. happy to talk again to once they're out. Okay. The
1: great, wonderful. Let's t- let's have an update. Yeah, sure. So talk to you then. Have a nice evening. Bye-bye.